0: Hey guys and welcome to the PH Journals Podcast, the journal this week. Um I'm back uh from the beautiful area of the Crofrennet region, uh specifically in the newberg um side of things. If you are watching this on YouTube, you'll see that uh, a couple of things are a little bit different. I'm playing some of the footage and some of the uh photos that were taken while we were up there. Um yeah, unfortunately just getting back from the mountains. I've developed a very bad cold. I thought it was just sinus with all the the flowers being, um, they had a lot of pollen around there and stuff. So the last night on our safari, I just thought it was from that, but it seems like it's developed into my chest now and stuff. So I've just got a little bit of a cold. So if you're listening to this and I sound a little bit blocked up, I do apologize, but uh, I couldn't miss this episode because I really wanted to share with you guys Uh, the wonderful adventure i had this past week so i'm really really excited about this episode but first of course this week's podcast podcast episode is brought to you by hey dudes south africa i'm very proud to be associated with this wonderful brand i was introduced to them uh, last year by a very good client of mine um walking with them around the lodge and stuff and uh, i just fell in love with the shoe i thought it was a perfect idea for uh you know after you know trekking around the lodge and especially if you are towards the coastal side of things around the beach areas and stuff it's a really an amazing shoe extremely lightweight i've actually got a pair on now as we speak um just a wonderful all-round uh comfortable shoe to really just relax in and and uh just have kind of like a chill vibes, um and then another shoe manufacturer uh Bill Morgan leathers um Philip and his wife up in Pretoria, introduced me to the the wonderful knowledge that they have put into probably the most perfect filtskun South Africa has to offer, and honestly when i when I put my hands in the shoe, I've actually got a pair um I didn't, I haven't done the whole ritual, I'll get into that a little bit later, but yeah, wonderful, wonderful aspect, and and the knowledge that they've put behind, as far as technology goes with your feet, and all that sort of stuff, really uh, admirable, and I'm so looking forward to spending the rest of the hunting season in them, Um, so yeah, big shout out to Bill Morgan Leathers, then of course, my very own PH Toolbox, Um, just Helping you guys out with your essential needs out in the bush. Uh, We've got a couple of those uh, PVC canvas sails to carry your carcasses out of the mountain. Uh, We're running a hunting special on those now at 1,500 rand. So uh, if you are looking, um, hit me up on any one of the social media platforms and we'll put it together. And then last but not least, I met the guys from Utando Safaris this past week. And what an incredible adventure we had. So for all your... Safari experience journeys, please contact uh, Utando Safaris on www.utandosafaris.com. Well, guys, like I said to you, this week has been probably one of the more memorable times in my career that I've had for a very, very, very long time, and it just <sighs> To be honest with you, I've been in a very difficult space, especially leaving a permanent job and uh, obviously the whole fallout there with with uh, one of the biggest um, outfitting companies in the country um, has really put me in a kind of a bad space and I didn't really know where my feet uh, or where to put my feet. Um, and I knew I had it in me just to try and find and reignite that passion that I had, not only for hunting, but sharing the experience w- that south africa has to offer with overseas guests and really just putting my my knowledge to the test to try and motivate why professional hunters play such an important role in this crazy industry that we we, we've put ourselves in and so i teamed up with a couple of guys who turned to safaris as well as Nyala republic those of you that know Nyala republic's been doing my filming for some time now and uh we we came up with this plan that we were going to do Uh, a raw back country experience and the reason why we decided to do this was because it it became it became evident that based on the part on based on covid and and all that the safari company and the safari industry alike and i'm not saying all I'm, i'm i'm really just generalizing you know there are a lot of good ones out there that base their morals and values on particularly what we're going to talk about now and that's experience i wanted to share with people that coming out to south africa yes you know shooting as many animals as you possibly can and all that sort of stuff could be really really cool but how many times do we actually sit back and really just take it all in and, and absorb the experience i had a heartbreaking moment last year when um not me, myself, but a, a fellow professional hunter was on a uh, a buffalo hunt, and the buffalo hunt was over and done in three minutes. And for me, that's not really the experience you really want to share with an overseas guest. Um, by all means, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of professional hunters and there's a lot of outfitters out there that see things completely different, Um, and that's not a bad thing. It really isn't a bad thing, but it's not for everybody. And, and unfortunately I'm one of them. It's not for me. I want to share a full experience with people. Um, because ultimately I believe that an overseas guest coming out is paying for experience and rather, and, and, and not so much to shoot as many animals as possible as quickly as possible it is it is wonderful when you see guys talking about oh no i got so many animals and all that sort of stuff it is it's it's cool that's a different part of the safari industry because we're very very fortunate to be able to say that we can supply abundance of animals we've got a whole different range of species and it really just puts people in in a different league when they start doing that sort of stuff which is not a bad thing the industry needs it um and i do feel that there is a very important role that they play in this industry but for me it's more about experience i want people to come out here and really experience and 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 pay tribute to an amazing animal hunting them in their conditions and that was the whole that's what i based this whole backcountry experience on so we decided there were a couple of areas that we've highlighted and earmarked for this adventure. And one of them was the Grafrenet region. Um, I go back to 2019 where I met a very good friend of mine, Jared Habel. Um, we actually did a podcast with him after that hunt, um, where we embarked on probably one of the most memorable hunts I've ever been on, um, yeah definitely by far we we started out at four four a.m. in the morning we headed off to the grafenet region specifically there in the kiloni pass Um, and specific mountain is the snueberg region um, where we thought that we were going to get lucky on two species there and that one was the fall rebeck and the other one was a clip springer which they are abundance there um and yeah it was it was very very special so we got there we got up into the mountains probably we got there a little bit too late we were there at about eight o'clock and uh the specific mountain um that we were um hunting was called uh noseberg n-a-r-d-o-u-s-b-e-r-g which was which was wonderful it's about it's about two thousand three hundred meters above sea level um uh, let me see if I can try and convert that quickly <laughs> um on Google there sorry um <clears throat> to to how many feet that is but yeah what what a wonderful what a wonderful region it was um we got up there a little bit like I said a little bit too late um and we you know we we chased down two herds of of of, of fall reback when we got up there we spotted the one fall reback on the right hand side of the mountain um and we put a stalk in unfortunately like i said animals with eyes facing closer towards the front of the head have just got this incredible eyesight and they spotted us and bounced away like they weren't even fathomed and then, uh, yeah, oh, sorry, just 2,300 meters is about 7,500 feet above sea level, so pretty high up, um, especially for South Africans, that's, that's pretty good distance above sea level, I know in the northern parts of the world, um, you guys hike up pretty, pretty high mountains, um, so, yeah, so, we bumped the first group, uh, and we sort of, we knew that there were abundance of, of fall reback in the area so we kind of just put our attention on the fall reback cliff springer so when we were scouting out we we're scouting Farleys and then also looking along the cliff uh, cliff faces for uh, cliff springer and we spotted a couple nice ones um we got onto a stalk uh four clippies and we pushed high up into this one cliff face and my trackers could see him but we couldn't so we were on the radios the whole time and we dropped down into this one little valley type thing and we waited behind a rock and we just waited patiently. And next minute the tracker says, no, the, fa- the clippies are gone. And as he said that, this massive shadow swooped over me and I thought, yes, that's, that's weird. That's a little bit big for a normal, one of the normal falcons and and doves and swallows that hang around that area. And i looked up and there's this massive black eagle so definitely put the hammer to the toe um and the clippies decided they were they weren't gonna hang around for for this show (laughs) and they they left us so anyway hike back down get to like a a sort of a, a plateau where the vehicle was parked jump in the vehicle and now uh, this time it's getting in around about 12 o'clock one o'clock and i'm I'm pushed for time because we've got to push up into the kirkwood area as well we've got to get there um by the by that evening so that we could try hard on grace back anyway we do one last push and there it's it's a beautiful far row right back with two females just below us on a crance Managed to get the stalk in, pull, Jared pulled off a, a phenomenal shot, long distance shot, that's that's one thing I'll, but I'll touch touch on a little bit later, um, pulled off a wonderful shot, dropped the far rear back, got it down, took some beautiful photos, managed to get off the um, the mountain, and we headed into town where we uh, grabbed a, a KFC, and then headed for Kirkwood. It was about a two and a half to three hour drive to Kirkwood. And in the region there, we were trying for Cape Grace Park. And we pushed hard. <sighs> Unfortunately, uh, the first one, we came around. Lots of females, but we just couldn't quite get onto a ram. And then we pushed, we pushed, we pushed. And then um, I, I sort of gave myself a time limit because now from Kirkwood... I had to drive all the way back to Fort Beaufort region, which was another two and a half hours. So anyway, we decided one last push along the riverside. And there, this beautiful Cape Grace Buck sticks his head out about four and a half inches. I mean, just, just an absolute stud of a ram. Sticks his head out. Jerry doesn't waste any more time. Drops it on the spot. Take a couple of photos. And that's that head back to Fort Beaufort, get back to Fort Beaufort at 4.30 a.m., full 24-hour hunt. Um, and it was about the experience for that, and I had a really an exceptional time doing it. But yeah, enough about that. More about the whole backcountry experience. And um, yeah, so anyway, we, we met up uh, with the whole team. We met at the Galoony Pass turnoff. Um. I think it's a Vapaksberg region anyway. Um, so we meet, uh, this is probably at about three, four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and now me being the only one that's, that has knowledge of the area. Obviously we, we met David and his dad, um, seventh generation sheep and cattle farmer. Incredible. Really, really something very, very special. Um, and that's what it is. There's no high fences or anything like that. It was probably free range hunting. Um, actually not free range we mustn't call it that we mustn't call it that uh, a good friend of mine grant Acton, and said we you never call it free range because far back you know they only jump fences under pressure um and that sort of stuff and springback won't jump a cattle fence and anyway, anyway we'll get into that on another episode but yeah so more of a fair chase uh scenario that's 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 better wording for it um so yeah, we meet, uh, we travel the, the probably about 25 miles on a on a dirt road. We get to the farm, we meet and greet, we head up into the mountains. And now this stage, it's starting to, it's at, at about dusk and I'll take them on the completely wrong turn. <laughs> uh, me being the only one that's got knowledge of how to get up there. So anyway, we, uh, we must have turned off. We get up into the mountains and now it's probably about seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. It's pitch dark. And we've only got one vehicle. We've got to set up two tents. And we do manage to get it done. Have a quick uh, we light a fire, have a quick barbecue. Um talk about tomorrow's plans. And at that stage, the plan was so the north the the wind was coming from it was a, a southwesterly wind. Um And we decided that early mornings you're going to push on the, on the south facing slopes first, uh, because of obviously where the sun hits. So there was a, there was a ridge to the right of us that we decided we were going to work on and then work down towards. And then as the sun started getting to midday, we would make our way back to camp. So we were working completely. If you're looking at camp, we're working completely right hand side of the camp. Um, yeah, so we, sorry, left-hand side of the camp. So we get up, we set up um, early morning, wake up, have a cup of coffee. And I think it was perfect timing because my idea behind it was you you kind of going to, you want to be in place by the time the sun hits hits the mountains. Um, but in saying that, I also know from previous experiences, and this this is just my personal opinion, I find the game is a little bit more wary when there's no sun, because when there's sun, they like to graze, so they're not too focused on what's going on in their surroundings. Um, and when it's still when it's still like that early morning sunrise, there's not much activity, and they're quite wary because they're sort of moving into place where they're going to go to their grazing spots and stuff. So they're a little bit wary then. So the chances of us coming over hills, um, and bumping them and never seen again was, was, was a lot greater at that stage. So I decided to, to head out a little bit later when the rays started coming through and hitting those, those, uh, slopes. So we get up onto the one slope, uh, and we spend quite a bit of time glassing. And we spot these two females, beautiful females, nice, uh, good size females grazing along the hill. um, but I do remember that the rams are starting to suss themselves out for the rut. So the chances of a ram being with a group of females in the morning was very, very slim. Um, but still, you know, they you do find if they've sorted themselves out already and they've got their group of females, you'll obviously find your rams hanging around close by because they don't want to let that sort of go. Anyway, so we see the two females. Um, we spend a bit of time glassing them we know that there's no ram in sight uh, so we push on we head over a couple more hills um and next minute just out of the left hand side of my eye i see this bouncing across the hillside and immediately as i pick up my my barnos, i can pick up it's just got the characteristics of a ram um nice thick head um you know standing tall in posture kind of bouncing with a bit of strut um and I said to I said to the camera i said that's that's definitely a ram, so we spent some time uh got the spotting scope out, set up on him. He knew we were there, I mean he was looking at us the whole time, and he wouldn't let us close that four hundred yard distance um but eventually I got a good uh good look at his horns, and they were probably about two three inches out of his out of his skull, so yeah obviously that was not not what we were intended for um Obviously for us, and I'll, getting, I'll touch on that as well a little bit later, size wasn't the biggest issue. It was more about the experience. Anyway, so we did a pass. Um, we moved down. Now it's getting a little bit later towards about 10 o'clock in the morning. Moved down. and We set up on this hillside and we're overlooking this beautiful basin. It's got all the, the right ingredients for a really nice stalk, number one. And number two, just kind of where the fall reback will set up, so we're sitting down there, and yes, and we, ca- we can't see anything, you know, I see a blessed back and I see a couple of black wildebeest, and we see a couple of stray horses, uh, and as well as one lonely, very lonely zebra, um, so we're sitting up there, and, and we're just glassing, and it's just such a perfect setting, and I didn't want to move, you know, and we, we've got about two hours before I, was, I wanted to start heading back to camp uh, to rest up, before we head out for the late afternoon push and we see absolutely nothing but as we stand up on this like little rock overhang um we hear this blowing to the sound to the to the right of us This foop, foop, the whole time and it sounded very familiar it sounded more like a mountain reback female um, and i look over to my right and he has these two fellow deer uh sorry uh fall reback f- uh females giving us a little warning, um, they were so perfectly placed, it was 180 yards, they were just standing looking at us, they weren't too phased. they would graze a little bit, carry on with their little, uh, bleating sounds, and I was just hoping, there was, it was kind of like a little ridge just before them, and I couldn't see over it, and I was just kind of hoping that the male was down there feeding, um, and hopefully you know if if we gave them a little bit of a a shove like a little bit of activity they might just move down a little bit more and the male might come out but eventually they let us stalk within to 120 yards of them just enough for us to to look over that little ridge and uh there was no male in sight but anyway beautiful experience um managed to see these stunningly uh placed animals along the hillside with with the sun hitting them, bouncing off of them. They're the only only antelope species that doesn't have fur. It's got wool, Um, beautiful. Just, I promise you, when you see them, they are just absolutely magnificent. At this stage, the wind also started picking up a little bit, Um, getting to about 12, 13 miles an hour. It's quite a strong wind. Um, I knew there there wasn't going to be much activity. While this is all going on, uh, the farmer had sent his boys with the horses up the other side of the mountain, uh, completely on the other side. So this mountain is probably about uh, from point to point, probably about a 15 to 20 mile um, long mountain. So on the one side, they pushed up, but they, they're all molding to one another. And when the YouTube episode comes up, you guys will definitely understand what I'm talking about. So they pushed up just to drive the cattle back into the camp where we had set up camping and we set up over this little fountain. But now there's no cell phone service up there. So that, so on our walk back, we managed to bounce a quick uh, section where there was a bit of 3G, and the the farmer's son david had texted me and said that one of the the boys that were driving the cattle across that morning had spotted a ram with nine females in the area which was great really got me on um he told me exactly which sort of uh, region they were in um and that was my plan anyway for the afternoon to to start hitting the north facing slopes uh, where the sun starts setting and then try and make our way around so yeah we pushed hard uh, to get back to camp for the afternoon rest got to camp at about one o'clock made ourselves a nice couple of sandwiches um, put our feet up had a quick nap um, and then we headed out again at about two thirty-three o'clock and we pushed hard towards that area and once we got there you know, we sort of glassed. We sort of kind of were looking like we spotted a, uh, two groups of clip clipswinger. And I always said to uh, to the cameraman Reese, I said, if if the opportunity comes up for a really nice ram, I'll take him. But that's not our predominantly species that we after. So anyway, we pushed around the hillside, and we glassing, glassing, glassing. And something just told me we actually did a, a quick like update video of what we were doing, and something just told me just to look up to my right, pretty much in the exact same spot where the clip springer were bumped from the black eagle. And I look up and yeah, are the nine females with the ram all looking straight at us. And I thought this was so cool because you know, number one, we're gonna get a credible footage them in the skyline but number two what what's my plan from now on and they are they're going to be wild um and I was scared to pump them because we there was no ways where they were that we could pull off a shot it was 642 yards um that we could pull off a shot I had to get a little bit closer so anyway I said to Reese I said look at this point, we we either going to lose them, um, anyway, or we can just try and get and close the distance, and then hopefully get into that three hundred yard shot range that I was comfortable at, <coughs> and um, and then pull off a shot. Um, you know, either way, we're gonna it's, it's a risky chance. So anyway, we back down the cliff, and we are just hidden from the cliff side, but we knew in the next. 20 to 30 yards. We were going to come out again and be in the line of sight. So anyway, they they gave us the opportunity to close the distance. And this is where the whole hunt for me became extremely frustrating. So we get into a good distance and um, I lie down on the hillside. Now the hillside angle is 38 degrees. So they 38 degrees steeper standing steeper on us than what usual now my knowledge always tells me aim higher um sorry yeah higher on the animal if if the angle is greater so i lie down get into place i zoom in on my tarix now on my scope sorry and now this is this is where the frustrating part of the hunt came in i was too focused on packing for the experience um and not so much focused on dialing my rifle in for the distance shots I just thought I zeroed it in at 100 if I got into a 300 yard range I sort of could have sort of guesstimated um, uh, where I could place my shot Um, and it sort of will be bang on you know at at 200 yards you aim an inch higher blah 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 but you never factor in the angle hunting the angle shooting you know so and that all would have come together If i just had put in the effort at the range which i didn't and i look back now and i I start kicking myself because these are the opportunities that i missed so anyway we get into your into range it's about 380 yards it's a push but i knew i had to aim high anyway Uh, so i aimed as high as what i would have at 300 yards shooting on a flat plane and my first shot just goes way in front And it almost sounded like a dead shot, like a, like a, but it was hitting the grass. There were grass tufts right in front of it. And you could see it on the camera a little bit later where it was hitting. And it was way in front. So I managed to, they ran off a little bit. We managed to readjust at this, at this stage, I'm on about 15 uh, zoom on my scope, and I had the new Vortex LHD uh, um, razor fitted. And incredible scope really is really is something very, very special. And it was so easy to set up as well. But uh, I just wish I had dialed it in for the different distances, which I never had time to. Anyway, so they give us another shot. i put off another shot in the exact same sound. And I just I look back and I'm like, oh, I've completely blown this opportunity. It's the first day we would have been done within 15 20 minutes of the afternoon hunt and they set off anyway there's no point in chasing after them because as they went around their edge i mean you could see them from a mile away they just dropped down into this basin and they were gone so i think to myself ah what a bummer but Let's push back to camp. It's now three o'clock in, or no later. it's probably about four thirty in the afternoon. It's about another hour we'll walk, and then there's a little basin in front of camp that we had that we just thought, you know what? Let's just go and glass out for for a little bit. So we get back to camp. it's now five o'clock. the sun's starting to go behind the mountains and we crawl over this one edge, and there's these Clip Springer standing, two Clip Springer males beautiful one beautiful ram i thought "Ah, you know i've had such a frustrating day let's um you know maybe let's redeem ourselves yeah (laughs) a little bit (laughs) and again the angle just got me i I, I just i couldn't believe what i had done and i just pulled i I just got complete back fever i pulled the shot and i hit nowhere close to the clip springer And I started doubting myself and I started questioning that it, it was, it was actually the rifle anyway. So we set up on, on a spot on a rock we're like, okay, that's the spot. And I hit it bang on. So we knew it wasn't a rifle and it just came down to me. And, and I do, I do suffer from intense buck fever and it's something I've always admired. Um, about my hunting because even, even when I'm guiding clients, I get, I get back fever in my, my barnos and it's, uh, it is frustrating. It's a very frustrating thing, but at the same time, it's a very humbling experience because you know that you still, you still got that jiggly tone about it for, um, you know, for, for the wildlife, for the animals. So yeah, anyway, um, and that was the first day. Done and dusted. Uh, What a frustrating day it was. It was really, really, really frustrating. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I got back to, when we got back to camp, we let the fire. And I just said, you know, uh, I'm not even, I don't even think it's worth waking up tomorrow to go and try. Let's, Let's pack up and head back. And we, let me go and do the proper research on my rifle and stuff. And anyway, chatting to the guys and we, they managed to convince me to stay on. So the second day we decide that we're going to go right to the other side of the mountain and we're going to cover the distance with, uh, with the pickup, which made a bit of sense at the time, because we, we, we wanted to cover as much ground as possible, give ourselves the best, because this is the last day of full day hunting. You know, we gave ourselves a Thursday morning to hunt as well, but this was the full day experience that now that we were it's the last full day. So anyway, we push across, we get there, and they saw the vehicle before we saw them, but I could see them bouncing across the ridge side, and so we spotted them, we get out the vehicle, and we head up this this climb, and we to get to the ridge, and while we're doing that, they bust us, and they they jump off but i I know they won't leave that sort of area so i I kind of had this vision in my mind that if we just kept walking around it's like this almost like a square tabletop ridge with cliffs at the top so they couldn't go any more up um they could only go down and if they went down we would be able to see them and hopefully they would just stop and give us the opportunity to put in a shot so anyway, we're walking around and we do a full three sixty on this little tabletop mountain, and they know nowhere are inside. We do spot another beautiful ram of a clip springer, but uh, we were just so focused on getting ourselves that follow back, so we didn't. We passed up the opportunity there. Anyway, so no fallery back, and we just like, oh man, we've we've ghosted yeah. And down below us is is the pickup we walk back to the pickup and we think, yes, no now we've we've given up this little source. we've got about another i, w- I want to say about six hundred acres of ground to still cover that possibly I know might have some forwardry back in. so we push hard. We get to this one plateau section and I'm I'm honestly I'm not even concentrating and Reese turns over to me and he says Stop looking in the mountain there it is there and I look to my right and he has a soul ram walking across this plateau and kind of like what we discussed earlier on in the podcast where the males are all looking for their spots to to mark their territory and stuff early mornings and I look over, and there's a sole ram. No one else inside. No, no females. Nothing. Anyway, there's this beautiful. You'll see in the video. And if you're watching this on YouTube, on some of the photos, you can pick up the yellow um, photos, uh, yellow flowers. And we look across. We run quickly. We get into position. We're hustling to to get the rifles out, putting putting on sticks. And we do. We manage to get it right. And it's about a 200-yard shot. And I pull the trigger, and I just see dust behind me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I've messed this up again." And so uh, we go, we go over to the spot, and I'm saying the whole time, "I'm so frustrated with myself because I just saw dust." And I'm saying to myself the whole, "Well, I'm saying to my cameraman, I'm saying, just just go back on the footage, just go back on the footage, tell me if it's a hit." because I felt good on the shot I really did I felt good on the shot but I saw him run off and I saw the dust so I was I started doubting myself anyway we get over we we break left towards where he ran we get over this ridge side and I caught a glimpse of him hopping over a couple of rocks and it looked like he had he was he was he was sore like you know, he didn't have forward back. have got this kind of like bounce to them. He didn't have that bounce. He was like kind of like hobbling. Anyway, so we we ran across the ridge line so that I can get a, a downward look on onto what broke out into this into this uh, valley, and there were no thick trees or anything there, so we would have definitely spotted him before he got into the next thicket. And I break across and I can't see anything at this stage my little german hunting terrier was right next to me but she obviously she picked up on a scent on the far rebuck scent as we crossed it and she she took off and I, i was so in the zone i never even noticed her taking off So we got to this ridge and I couldn't see anything and I pulled out the binoculars and I'm glassing, glassing, glassing and Reese shouts to me, he says, there's a noise just down below us and it's about 20 yards below us. So I'm like, no ways. So I'm like, it can't be there. It would have run away by now. And anyway, so I backtrack about five, 10 yards and I hear the noise as well, but it sounds like scuffling. Anyway so we just wait, just wait, just wait, and I'm glassing, 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 and as I pull my binoculars down, I look to my left, and it's about 10, 15 yards from me. Yeah, my German hunting terrier <laughs> has wrestled this fall rebeck down, and it's holding him down, Well, she's holding this fall rebeck down, so anyway, I break out, and I'm, I'm extremely emotional, because we've worked so hard, and I start just bawling my eyes out and <clears throat> the overwhelming feeling I had at that point was just next level and um yeah sorry guys I'm just gonna have to go and blow my nose quick just hold on quickly for me sorry about that yeah and then, so uh, I'm just so emotional I see my dog holding it down and I'm like oh I just can't believe this has happened. Anyway, break down the cliff, get to where is, uh, the fall back's done, uh, out of its misery. And my dog, I just, I just can't believe what the, the scenes that had happened. And, um, so what basically endured was as I pulled the shot off, uh, we, we had a look back at the footage and um, you guys will see it, uh, it kind of like started moving, like like ready to, to run and the shot went a little bit back, but it is what it is and it's it's down and I'm not proud of it, but definitely one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had in my life and it's something I'll cherish for the rest of my life and like I said, it's, it's, it's not the biggest foal rebuck, It really isn't. It probably just makes Roland Ward. But the experience I had in doing it will last me a lifetime. And I'm forever grateful for that opportunity. And that's what I wanted. That's that's the whole basis of why I did what I did is I want to share that with the rest of the world. Because I believe that those animals deserve that sort of respect. They deserve People admiring their habitat, admiring where they're coming from, the conditions that they have to live in. I mean, it's 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 freezing cold up top there. Um, it's difficult. It really, really is. I mean, when the wind blows, it's uncomfortable. It really, you feel so uncomfortable up there. But it's 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 worth every single minute when you know you can accomplish something in those sort of conditions that with that sort of species of animal that are incredibly difficult to hunt it's it's a wonderful humbling experience and i'll i'll cherish that for a very very long time for the rest of my life and uh i got to do it all on film and that's that's the wonderful part about it is that and that's that's the whole point about me doing these sort of things and and spending this kind of money is to to educate share my knowledge and share my experiences with the rest of the world and it's something i'll never take for granted and i'll always cherish um so yeah guys if you're looking to do a backcountry hunt i highly highly recommend doing a fall rebook or club springer Um, it really is camp up in the mountains uh, I am excited to announce that we'll be doing something very, very similar on on my Clipspringer hunt this year, up in the Willam- Willamore areas. Um I was there up, up I was up there last year, early last year, um, where a good friend of mine or Pat Dugan got a uh clip springer. So we're gonna do something very, very similar up that way and I'm looking forward to it. And uh yeah, I just I just wanna bring the experiences like never seen before because that's how you know that's that's how we should be hunting these sort of species, and and I know when the overseas guests come out, time is a factor, and that's why I say there's a pl- time and place for everything. Um, I, I, honestly, I, I just I can't I can't imagine taking a client up there. I, I would love to, and if they're open for that sort of experience, by all means. But you know, if you've if you've got packages and it's it's a lot of money for them to fly over all this way to spend three days in a mountain chasing one animal, um, it really is. But if if you've got the time and you're willing to put in the effort and that's the one species you really want, I highly recommend doing something along those sort of lines. And 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 the guys the guys that hunt from north, especially North America. Uh, they know the backcountry stuff and that's why i wanted to do it i mean they know the elk camps and the moose camps that they set up horseback rides into the mountains uh, hunting from about ten thousand feet above sea level and stuff they know all of that and they why wouldn't they want to come out and experience it in the southern hemisphere Um, so yeah with that being said um if you guys would like to find out any more about backcountry experiences hit me up on any one of my social media platforms i'm very blessed to have a lot of outfitters um and uh um, farmers in in those sort of facilities that can accommodate us and that we can put a couple of experiences together so hit me up let's let's get it done Uh, if you are if you are keen on that sort of uh, hunting and uh yeah really really excited um, to share the next adventures with you guys well guys that brings an end to this week's adventure um it's a week i'll never forget i loved every minute of it and i'm looking very very forward to the episode that's going to be released but as well as the week ahead um, i'm going to push hard monday and tuesday for the fellow deer i'm going to try and catch the rat while it's still on i've put a lot of work into it this year (laughs) But uh if I don't if I don't come right, um it is just one of those things. Um but I've I've gained a lot of knowledge uh about how I've attacked the rat. Um so I'm looking forward to you know in the next couple of years where I get to to just broaden that sort of stuff. Um but yeah, excited, really, really excited. And I just want to say a very big thank you once again to uh hey Dude South Africa. Thank you for the wonderful opportunity to be associated with your brands. And uh, if you guys do have the opportunity, um, I'm hoping PH Toolbox will be listing their products. Um, So if you're looking for a nice, comfortable shoe around the lodge, Head over to PH Toolbox. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks we'll be able to list a couple of, of their items. Um, or hit me up on, on my social media feed. I'll put you point you in the right direction. As well as Bill Morgan Leathers, uh, the Goon guys. Incredible shoe to hunt in. Incredible shoe to do any sort of farm work, rough and tough. Or even just if you want to go and throw your feet around on the dance floor. Really, they really fit all occasions. And uh, I'm really looking forward to wearing mine in. And then, uh, of course, PH 2 Toolbox. Uh, once again, if you need any sort of essential items, head along to here today. And uh, yeah, we've got a couple of great listings there. Like I said, the PPC uh, sale for your hunting uh, carcasses uh, is available and we're running especially 1,500 Rand uh, for the sale. Um, and then last but not least, the Tunnel Safaris. Had a great time with them this last week. Uh, they really captivate the whole experience side of things. And they're the ones that have have motivated me to push that sort of side of things because they want to be different in the area, uh, different in the industry by sharing experiences and not just about killing as many animals as possible. Well, guys, um, thank you once again to everybody that has tuned into this week's podcast. Um, if you guys would like to find out more, how you could possibly be on, please hit me up on, on, uh, on the DMS, um, as well, as well as if you would like to know how you could sponsor your company, uh, your equipment or whatever the case may be, as long as it's hunting or outdoor related, I'll be happy to do so. Um, hit me up, hit me up, find me out on, on the social media platforms, as well as you can find me at dylan at ph well till next time if you are happy hunting stay safe stay blessed and stay humble we'll catch up with you guys soon cheers